made in the early 60s it's going to be 72 minutes or you know something that's like barely run time like i think it what is it dumbo is like 68 minutes long yes, or something but it was based on a broadway musical which aren't short yeah it was it's a very long movie i did not anticipate how long it was going to be mm-hmm. and a lot of it flies by really quickly but, but some, some of, it, of it does mm-hmm. not does not hold up either. Yeah, I know, and there's a lot of it where I had to like almost pull my jaw off the floor. <laughs> Just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I had to look at him several times and be like, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> what have you got me watching? Oh, it was. It's a beautiful mess. Um, but hey, hey, I, I wanted to wish you uh, a happy 9/11. Yeah, right back. At, it it, at it you. won't be when this airs, but no. it, on today. Yeah. On today's date. Mm-hmm. Happy 9-11. We didn't forget. No. We fulfilled our obligations Indeed. by not forgetting. Absolutely. Ah, so how you been? Ah, got, got shit working. Yeah? Got stuff going. Got it popping? Oh, yeah, well, I here's the deal. I've have, got, have you been popping and locking? I've been popping and locking. Just call me Boogaloo Shrimp. No, I will not do that. But anyway, oh, come on. Go on. How about Shabadoo? I, no. No? No Shabadu? I, I will call you James. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, as you were saying. <laughs> I have completely lost the point. <clears throat> oh, well, I had a nice weekend. That's I, good. I, I, uh, I turned 37 this past Wednesday. Oh, you're, you're almost catching up to me yet, fucking I, I baby. Know. And that's what, like, I didn't do anything. I, I literally turned the most boring age possible. 37. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nothing. It's a yeah, nothing age. It's, it's a real fucking wet fart of a birthday. Well, I think after 21, they, there's just no real reason to hang a excitement well, on Well, I mean, like, 30. 30 is something. And, like, you know, I think up to 35, like, oh, I, I'm getting older in my 30s. And then once you hit 35, it's kind of just a... Nah, I'll, I'll see y'all at 40. The only, yeah, the only thing you can say on 37 is I am closer to 40 oh, and I man, am to 30. I forgot every single drink. Son yep. of a bitch. Um, anyway, should, That's we, all right. uh, should we do the thing? I should I should think we should do the thing. You should think? Yes, I should think. But right, I'm not well, gonna... Hey, everybody. Welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so that you don't have to. You know, James, I'm surprised nobody's called us on that yet. What's that? That's a real Rush Limbaugh bullshit thing to say. Well, that's uh, pretty much everything. <laughs> the, the two main jokes I've ever heard on podcasts are that one, and you get what you paid for are the mm-hmm. two I hear the most. <laughs> hey. Uh, but anyway. We got that. Yucks. Do, I don't think we did the names. My name's Chris Faff. I'm one of your hosts. And I am James Marino. I'm the other one of your hosts. On uh, this week... Oh, yeah. yeah. You kind of brought this a, li- a little bit. Yes, I did. Uh, we're talking about 2016's The Void. Oh, yeah. Uh, written and directed by Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky. Mm-hmm. Uh, starring Aaron Poole as Daniel Carter, Kenneth Welsh as Dr. Richard Powell, Kathleen Monroe as Allison Fraser, and Daniel Fathers as The Father. <laughs> yes. Just a little fun little tidbit. Oh, yeah. Dad joke. Dad joke. James. Yes. I'm looking you directly in the eyes, and I want you to answer a question for me. Okay. How did you like The Void? Wow. This is a tough question, because I enjoyed it. I think you say that to me every single week. Yes, because it is a tough question. Unless it's a very, very bad movie, and then you launch into how much you've hated it. Or a very, very good movie. Yes. And then I just gush about it. I, yeah, I believe there was the time that you said, I want to have sex with this movie. <laughs> I did. I wanted to make sweet, sweet. I wanted to swing in on a rope. <laughs> Which movie was that? I don't remember. Me either. Anyway. I remember. I love the fuck how, out of them. How, 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 how did you like The Void? While I was watching it, I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Then upon thinking about it, I'm like, hmm, did I like this movie or not and then i went and watched parts of it again and i'm not ambivalent i kind of like this movie i just get i i wanted to like this movie more i really i because it's on paper and the opening scenes i'm like this fucking movie is gas wow this this Uh shit is slapping fuck yeah and then i watch it because shit keeps happening and they keep 
really, really good one third of a movie. Yes. I, I, I you know what it is, is it, it's not inhabited. Ooh, see, I'm going to disagree with you very hard right there because I think they went a long way in the first act to show that it is. But I feel like uh, it, it diminished a bit in act two. And then by the time it got to act three, I was kind of checked out. I uh, I would look up and go, oh, that's cool when the monsters came up. But uh, other than that, I kind of let go of trying to follow the story. Okay, watch this. And this is why I say it's not. Yes, they do set up some stuff. They've got a bunch of stuff there. But it's rarely gone back to. It's not. It's there so you can think about it. But then as the story progresses, it's all still kind of here. Mm-hmm. But I, I, we cease caring because there's nothing inside of it. When I say it's not inhabited, I mean by the characters. By I don't care. Really, I really don't care about any of them. I've, they're, they're, their relationships seem forced. There's nothing. I mean, the only thing that really kept me in this movie upon thinking about it again is that, uh, is that Lovecraft shit. Uh-huh. And the, love, the best thing about the, it, it's a great thing and a cheap thing. That which cannot be be described it has an unknowable unknowable reason for it so you've got this thing so this is all up to me i've got to do all the heavy lifting and i usually don't mind if it's presented well but i felt manipulated again i'm like oh they're gonna throw now i've got to fill in the blanks because lazy story writing so james have you seen the film from beyond no uh, it was one of the first episodes that we did. We, we, Sean brought that movie. Oh, yeah? Like about two years ago or so. Um, it's uh, Stuart Gordon, the director of Reanimator. Yeah. His follow-up to Reanimator about a doctor who goes mad and lives in the netherworld. They, what I'm saying is that they did From Beyond. Okay, they also did The Thing. With a few tweaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Beyond is... a. I, I know where you're going with, with the thing, with the creatures and stuff, mm-hmm. but it, it, From Beyond is a very, very uh, close template that I'm sure that they follow. Because as soon as I figured out what exactly was happening, mm-hmm. that's kind of why I checked out in this story, because I went, oh, okay, they're yeah. just literally doing From Beyond with a few tweaks. Oh, okay. See, well, I'm glad I didn't, because I would have checked out earlier, because I... I watch this in longer chunks than I usually do because by God, visually, if you're like, I, I'm now understanding why there are gore fans. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Before I'm like, well, why the fuck? Who cares? Okay. Now it's an ax. Now it's a machete. Now it's a, yeah, I give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I get why people watch movies for that because now I'm thinking how'd they do that effect or wow. How did they split cut that? How did they make that work? Oh shit. You know? Yeah. It, uh, in, in, not only does it have very strong similarities to From Beyond, it's also like kind of Clive Barkery. Oh, real Clive Barkery. Yeah. Down and, to pulling a face off. Yeah. And uh, while I do appreciate all of that, and it, this movie did for the most part keep me engaged, eh, it, it really loses steam for me mm-hmm. the more it goes on. Well, this but, movie did one thing that I like, though. And I, I we got the sense I got the sense from the other one we watched, Psycho Gorman. Because it's that, the same that's people. what I was going to get into is that one of the directors, if the name Steven Kostansky sounds yeah. familiar, it's yeah. because we did Psycho Gorman two weeks ago. Yeah. And yeah, that was one of his films. Right. Well, but much like that movie, it took the tropes of all the movies that we see on screen that we've seen done horribly or done badly. And made it interesting again, and, and that kept me. Yes. Because it looks great. Down to him trying to get away early, down to everything that I want them to do, to say, hey, you know, instead of giving a nod, hey, we're in a horror movie, we have to stay here. They give you the reason. You're an asshole. <laughs> You're welcome. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it it, I, I it explains about- things, though, and it, it makes the things that you want to have happen in a horror movie happen in a... I won't say natural way because it's a fucking horror movie, but in a That's, plausible manner. This is where I wanted to begin with our like serious discussion because 
the first act really fucking draws me in mm-hmm. because you start a film where a woman, man and woman are running out of a house. One of them gets shotgunned and then burned. Mm-hmm. You have my attention. Not only that, but the guy was cooking past the woman and you're like, what? What? And then when she gets capped and he keeps running, I'm like, what? Uh-huh. Nothing's explained. It's just shit's happening in the scene. The guy still cooks off, and you know what you have to do. Yeah. You see the lady struggling, he's pouring gasoline on the still alive woman that he just capped. Lights her to fuck on fire. And this is the opening scene of the goddamn movie. Yeah, this is pre-credits. Oh, yeah. It, it reminded me a lot of uh, the opening to The Evil Dead, mm-hmm. where it's just kind of like balls-to-the-wall metal, like, okay, you've got my attention, movie. It, it also reminded me of the movie where they were just, the guy runs in from the, the street, Sits down on the chair, everything's fine, and gets his throat cut for no fucking goddamn reason. That's what this was hitting me like. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's just gonna, oh, yeah. And one of the, I noticed one of the cool little touches that I liked is, uh, so we're led to believe that this is a very remote town. Mm-hmm. The, the residents are few and far between. And I like a little subtle way. This is what I think really pulled me in because the writing in the first third of this movie is really good. Mm-hmm. When he calls into dispatch, and after he picks up the guy, he says, where, where am I taking him? Mm-hmm. Because the hospital that's the closest recently had a fire. Right. And the next closest one away, the dish, dispatch tells him, is another 20 minutes right. past then. And this guy's dying. Yeah. So it's either take him to this place that's had a fire and they're moving, mm-hmm. but they're still listed as being on call for whatever. So he decides to take them there. And... He says, now you call ahead of me, which obviously gives us the inference that he knows these people. Right. That they have a personal relationship. Let them know that I'm coming. Right. And I think that's just a really good setup. It's something they didn't need to do that. He could have just shown up at the hospital. Right. But to give us a little bit of that world that, yep, we're way out in the sticks. The closest medical center is this shoddy ass hospital that just recently caught on fire uh-huh which explains again the skeleton staff the lack of the equipment being available uh-huh closely i mean so everything is set up to have a good reason to have happened and again i love that because anytime we watch a movie and they have a cheap out and i'm like why the fuck didn't they they accounted for that so you can tell these are horror movie fans and i like that yeah and then we aren't just like it's not puked into our faces about how he knows the uh, sheriff knows everybody. Right. No, no getting beaten with the expo bat. Yeah. I mean, they say it, but this movie is, is very good about uh, when it gives you ex- exposition, they're also doing something. Yes. I noticed there's not a whole lot of times where they sit down and it's just shots of people talking and they spew the plot at you. Right. They're usually conveying it while they're talking, going and doing something. In a natural, conversational way, not, hey, let me tell you, you know, I know you don't understand what's happening, but let me explain it to you so you can. No, it's just like, we've got to do this because this. Now. Yes. And I think all of that, it's that's one of the things that really pulled me in the first, like, first act of this story is that everything progresses very naturally. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel rushed either. No, it feels like they were just letting the story go where it needed to go. Mm-hmm. Now, where I think they pulled the plug on that is, and I'm jumping ahead in the cool stuff that happened, but it's when the sheriff and the father go into the doctor's office and he calls them on the phone. Yeah. That is where I think this movie just co- comes to a grinding halt and they have to almost shove what they want to get in there, in there, because it feels like, oh, well, we did enough of the story, and there was well, n- let's get to this. And by that point, there's no natural way for him and the doctor to communicate in any other way. Yeah. So, yeah, it does, it, that's, the, that's the one thing that felt a little forced, and there were a couple other, there were a couple other things that well, were clunky in it. That's what I'm saying is I think that's, for me, where it was the first time that I saw them, like, really interjecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the monstery elements into the story because everything else, even the monsters, came up very naturally. Right. This one, they're insisting that you pay attention now. Yeah. And that was a little cheap, yeah. But 
the and, reason I glossed over it the first time, remember when I told you, I was like, I liked it while I watched it, is because there was enough shit happening. And it was shot so well mm-hmm. that my my forgiveometer was way up because I'm just enjoying this ride. So I am watching it. I'm trying to be objective. I'm trying to be present in the movie, but I can only be so present at any given time. Right. So I'm still in sure enjoying this movie without without being critical at any point, except you know upon retrospect. So yeah, the clunky parts, and and now the more I look at it, the more I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah, because I mean, it progresses very naturally. I, should we give kind of a breakdown of events? Yeah. So. In the just in the first act, it's pretty non goddamn stop. It's balls to the wall, and it really pulled me in. Yep. Uh, let's see. There's the lady being set on fire. The he, guy cooking it into the woods. Yep. He is found on the side of the road by the sheriff. Sheriff takes him in. Um, they sedate him to find out what's wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, one of the nurses has shoved scissors into a guy's eye hole and has ripped off her own face. The sheriff shoots her. Yep, this isn't my face. This isn't my face. Yep. The, oh, uh, that effect was amazing. The two guys who killed and burned the lady show up in the hospital, and, and also there's the creepy cult outside. And we still don't know anything about these two guys, because at the very beginning, I just assumed they were fucking psycho killers, uh-huh. or part of the cult or not even part of the cult. I didn't even know there was a cult at the time. I'm like, Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. And there's the cult and wearing the all white robes with With the curvy swords and the squid game triangle and the triangle. And they look cool. They look look cool as fuck. But considering that this is a Lovecraft based movie and guys in white sheets, but Hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But here's the thing is I actually, you don't need the cult in this whatsoever, but mm. I, what I'm saying is that like narratively, they don't really serve a function. All they are is they're a wall. Yes. They are the, because essentially the people get stuck. It's pretty much a rock and a hard place situation. Yep. Inside there's monsters, outside there's cults. Mm-hmm. Either way, something's going to kill you. Still and Sharibd. Yep. And that's what. I, I don't think they're necessary, really, but I like the addition because it gives them a reason for why can't right. they just leave. Exactly. And I was going to say, narratively, they have to be there well, or I mean, there has to be that last thing. Because in some, when the one movie, it was the flood. Right. And another movie, it th- could have been a, like a supernatural entity locks all the doors and they can't get out. That's yeah. an easy way to go. But having the cult outside is a visual thing that we can see yeah. who... Doesn't really need to be there, but they are, and they're a fucking problem. Oh, they are a big fucking problem. Uh, I, and again, there's so much about this movie that I, there's so many great working parts that I'm not ambivalent. I, I will say that in answer to the very first question you asked, I do enjoy this movie, but I'm in my head, thinking about this movie and with the opening scenes, I wanted to like it more. I wanted to love this movie, and it kept me from loving it. Because one of the things that kept me from really, really liking it, the further it progressed, is we didn't need that father-son combo nope. at all. Mm-mm. Like I said that we don't need the cult, but, I mean, they're there and they're cool. The, I think the father and son certainly serve no purpose. Mm-mm. And one of the things that hinders the film regarding them is the inconsistent character, I think, of the father. Yes. Because he will go from being just an unagreeable, I'm going to kill everyone here. Right. To, okay, well, we should work together. And he flip-flops that position several times throughout the scene. And there's no inciting reason. No. He flip-flops for no reason, except now we're wondering about his intentions. And as opposed to having an inciting reason, okay, he switched this gear because this particular thing happened. No, he just decided right then, and then there's no another, there's no other incident that causes him to flip back, and he flips back like two or three times. And it it might be that I just kind of checked out, but narratively, it how do I want to say this? They 
They seem to know more than they're letting on, but in the end, did they? Because they didn't know what was going on either, but they wanted to kill everybody that they met because they trusted somebody. They never explain, really, how come they're the monster hunters now. Yeah, there's never a satisfying explanation as to why they're in the film. Mm -hmm. They could have been in the very first shot. Mm Mm-hmm. And it could have been like just something that, you know, they found the, oh, they found monsters. But then to track the dude all the way back to the hospital and show up and then just be part of the story seemed very unnecessary. And the same thing, too, with the intern. Yeah. They spent a lot of time developing that character. I thought they were developing that character so we'd kill her, you know, so we'd care about her and they'd kill her. Mm -hmm. No, just we don't see her for a half hour, 40 minutes of the movie and then she's back again. That's what I'm saying. Is the there's, fuck? there's so many characters in this that you could have lost the father and son. Um, you could have killed the uh, the first guy. Uh, what do I call him? Like drifter drug addict. Yeah, whatever. yeah. Could have killed him off earlier because, again, he doesn't know anything either, really. His only job was to tell us a little bit about how scary the cult is without getting too much into detail. Yeah, and... He didn't give us any information that we needed. Right. Nothing that they couldn't have found out through other means. Exactly. And and if they did find out, you're right. They should have found out early, killed them off early, heightened up the dread. But I will tell you, unlike some other movies that we've watched recently, the creep factor on this, even without going the homages to other movies, they kept me, they kept me uncomfortable. They kept me uncomfortable for a good period of this movie where I was just like, ah. Do you want to know why I think that is? Why? It, it, it's not something that, it's something that you notice a lot more than I do usually. Mm-hmm. The lighting. Yeah. The lighting in this movie is fan-fucking-tastic. Because yeah, you can rarely tell where the source is from. Where, the scene where they are hacking at the nurse monster with yeah. those axes. Oh, yeah. With the, and I get it, like, Oh, they did a strobe light, but there was a reason for mm-hmm. there to be a strobe light. Yeah. Because it was just an overhead light that was kind of fucked up. And you, you, you'd imagine it being moved back from all the tumult. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that the was one cool time that really got me was when there was the whole creepy cult outside. Mm-hmm. And they turn on the, uh, the cruiser lights. Mm-hmm. The cruiser lights. Mm-hmm. They are just illuminating an entire, it looks like, what, 30, 40 of these creepy cult members? Mm-hmm. And why I think that's so... And then un- one ends up behind old boy, and you don't really see it. And it's in any other instance, that would have been a cheap shot with a guy behind the other guy. But because of the way they did it, it wasn't even a jump scare, but I was just like, I sat down and I was watching it on TV. My kids were in the other room, and they heard me go, fuck. Yeah, but what I think was really, really smart about the uh, uh, police lights on the cult is we have seen so much otherworldly shit. We've seen several monsters yeah. by this point. To see something that is also menacing, but in a very realistic fashion, mm-hmm. is a tone shift because, again, that's what we're saying about them being a wall. Is right. That they are like a natural force. Mm-hmm. But to see the wall move, uh huh, and knowing that that wall can and will come out and take your we'll fucking punch your ticket in about two seconds yes and it's presenting to be almost more dangerous than the monsters inside mm-hmm. because if you'll notice they could get out again it's not like the doors were locked by anything right they chose to be in there with the monsters rather than fucking duke it out with this cult mm-hmm. which is what makes them very very terrifying oh hell yeah hell yeah there's, there's some a lot of really well-done parts in this movie. But this is where I wanted to get into. is So we went through all the like kind of cool beats of the first act. Or not all of them, but where where does this story go? Because all of a sudden, it turns into the doctor that was killed has been running a cult that... And he's is, been summoning... summoning uh, Otherworldly uh, creatures. An elder god. But also creating them in this underground yeah, he's, slaughterhouse. He's creating avatars of this unknowable beast. <laughs> and uh, apparently uh, there were so many bodies that it started a fire. Yep. And there was a whole fire report, but nobody noticed these just massive killing chambers. Uh-huh. In the... 
Oh, yeah. But all that scene <coughs> where the bodies reanimated and came back. Oh. And Man, another that- thing that I like that they didn't cheap out on is they could have played that scene where his wife, who is the nurse, uh-huh. was on the slab with fucking shit coming out of her, all pregnant and shit, with whatever beast is inside of her. And they could have drawn that scene out. Oh, that's the love of my life, but I have to destroy. I don't know. They didn't. He fucking just, they, they pulled out. They saw him lift the axe and whack, 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 whack. Yeah, he, uh, he really Bruce Campbell's the shit out of her. And I like that because any other movie would have made this some maudlin shit. We know, dude, he's got to hack his wife. And it has some horrors coming out of her. You know, that, that's some, you know, some rough shit, but they didn't drag it out and make it more than it needed to be at that moment. Right, but what I'm saying is that I completely lose track of what they're trying to tell me in this story because the doctor keeps talking about what's happening. He just starts narrating his entire plan, like a Bond villain. Yeah, but I heard nothing. I heard zero what he said. Exactly. Give a fuck. It passed through me like a like a cool summer breeze. Like it, it just none of it registered. At that point, it was just show me the fucking monsters, man. Mm-hmm. Just show me the goddamn monsters because the monsters, goddamn rule. I loved them. Okay, what was your favorite? Because I have two of them. Oh God. Um, my two favorites were uh, the nurse who gets killed, and it it's a very brief shot, but of her laying on the ground with what looks like the hairy spider legs, mm-hmm. fucking just jittering out of her mouth. Oh, yeah. Man, that got me right away. That I chose to block that one out. Oh, my absolute favorite, though, Ooh. is when they go in the, the basement door, one of the reanimated corpses that they find is just bashing its face into, mm. like, a broken-off pipe. Yeah, and, mm. and you, could James. See, you could see all the way through the fucking head with the meat inside. Oh, yeah, with the gooey shit, it looked like pulling mozzarella sticks apart. There were like drips. It looked like the inside of a cave. I was expecting a brain stalagmite to come out. It, yeah, it was badass. James, I was watching this absolutely by myself and aloud to no one said, that's so fucking good. Yeah, I, I believe my direct quote was, dude, dude, oh, dude. Uh-huh. I was watching the movie with my wife. She didn't appreciate it. No, but... Some of the monster effects also, like, where is this going and why? Like, and I guess it's not even so much the monster effects as the monsters themselves. Mm -hmm. When we find out that the teenage girl is pregnant with the doctor's baby? Yep. Or did he just shove a baby? Was he fucking a teenage girl? No, because he considered all of them his children. Okay. Every experiment was his child. Okay. So what he did was he took a piece of this like tentacle thing and stuck it in her and hoped for the baby. Okay. So yes and no. See, this is where I got real bored because even yeah, like reanimator from beyond, all these kind of like monstery shit like this where I'm creating this thing. It gives me real hardcore like Mangala vibes. Oh, it does. And I really don't like it. Well, you do know uh, old the guy who wrote it. Was all about the eugenics and all that other yeah, shit. So I, I know, and that's it's probably just a me thing, but it always my mind always flashes to that, and it's just mm, yeah. I don't know if I need to see mad scientist kind of shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm it's fine. Particularly it's fine. sensitive to shit like that, but I see it so often and portrayed so much that I have to accept it as part of the art. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there are so many so many references to it that if I couldn't watch shit because of it, I can watch shit. You know? So, I guess, what what would you do to make this movie a little better for you? Because I think I have mine, but I, I want to hear your how you would make it. A couple things is I would speed it up. We talked about it. Are either give those characters more to do than just be, okay, you're, you're bucking against authority, and this is some weird father-son relationship, we either give me more about them and have that included in the story. So either expand the story to fill up those holes or cut some of these people out, shorten the movie, or put more action in. It would change the tone of the movie, but it would keep my interest and give it one total thing as opposed to 
this slap, this slap, this slap, and hopefully we can make them all fit together. Because there's a lot of kitchen sink here, and it can either be pulled together and made this beautiful hole, or it can just be a bunch of clean dishes on the sink. You know what I mean? Beautiful hole. Yeah. Nah. You know what? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> you said beautiful hole. But no, um, you, uh, you nailed it. Exactly what I was going to say was you need to get rid of some of these characters mm-hmm. because it's taking this story that I thought was going to be pretty narrow. Yeah. And like I said, if you want to introduce the characters like the intern, cool, but kill her. Yeah. Kill her off early. Or do something with him. Mm-hmm. And like the grandfather and also the pregnant girl, but also the father and the son, but also the doctor is going to come back. But also there's this uh, state trooper who, man, I love that state trooper. Oh, yeah. But I think there is so much going on and they do the thing where, well, let's break up. We have to break up into parties. Yeah. And now there's two to three different things going on. And it feels like they were having a hard time keeping track of it themselves mm-hmm. as the filmmakers. Well, and you know what kills me is because I run D&D games, the first rule of, the, of everything is never split the party because, A, as the person running it, I got to figure out what you're doing in five different spots. If you're all together, I can fix that. Mm-hmm. There's just too much shit going on for no reason. Yes. I would say simplify. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, Cut it down by a little bit. Simplify it. Because when you get into, oh, well, the doctor also killed uh, the sheriff and the nurse's unborn son to do this. Right. But also the pregnant girl's pregnant with his son. But also now the nurse is pregnant on this table and yeah. he's summening uh, the void through Th- this This is why this movie this irritated me. basement there's so goddamn much just focus because i felt manipulated when they tried to do push in this eldritch horror shit right because they you know they export it too much right the reason if they would have just left it a little bit wiggly and just kind of kind of gave you a little bit of it and didn't give me all these details that i'm trying to parse through so now i'm trying to look for more details in this eldritch shit and it's just not it's not going it was like all the other stuff was shiny keys so you didn't notice they didn't have enough in the movie Mm -hmm. it's like here look at the keys look at the keys okay now crazy stuff because they didn't have enough in there again you're shorting it exactly right and i like i said and i just think the quality of the writing kind of went downhill even just the dialogue writing after that like telephone conversation because before you know we would be getting glimpses of everybody's character and visually showing us all of these things and getting into it and you know, showing that the sheriff wasn't like this big tough guy. He was kind of a fucking... Wuss? Yeah, and kind of a weird dude. Yeah. Like when he goes up to, you know, he's arguing with the nurse when they have to go get the medical supplies mm-hmm. for the teenager. He walks up to the father and the son and, you know, the may I approach? And, and like, you know, does like these weird yeah. things. Aren't and, you supposed to be in charge? Yeah, it's like fucking these, these weird little tinges where he almost submits to the state trooper, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like the relationship between him and the state trooper because the trooper would give him shit about, you know, whatever he's done that we don't know about. Right. And how this is a big fucking shit show and how would your dad feel about it? And again, no, it's never brought back. The, the, whatever his dad didn't make a fuck bit of difference to this movie in the slightest. If they would have brought it back and made it a point, again, if you're going to introduce something, close it off or make it part of it. Mm-hmm. I don't want some bullshit that's not coming back. But, you know, there's all these, like, cool little clever things that kind of inure you to the film. But at the end, I'm just jumping ahead as far as, like, the quality of the dialogue... When the grandfather and the intern are left alone with the pregnant girl, and he's yelling, you have to do this. You've got to do that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, there's not going to be any clever anything right. about how it's just going to be very standard. Ah, fuck it. We don't care anymore. It's monster time. And again, we're, we're taking a look at that particular scene. If they would have brought back the fact that she's got kind of a damn the man attitude and like to show gory pictures, you know? Uh-huh. 
if they would have been like, oh, shit, I actually get to cut somebody or do something with that, they had this whole thing set up that now, now she's pressed with it. She didn't even react as badly as somebody who was like, oh, I was just talking shit about this gory stuff. No, or it was Do just something the, interesting with that I idea. I don't know what to do. Yeah, there was no, like, she started cutting saw gore and she wasn't as, you know, like, weird and hardcore or whatever as right. she talked herself into being. Mm -hmm. it, it was just everything kind of falls flat character-wise. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's a question of the actors because we've seen good acting in the movies. That no, I think the Aaron Poole that plays the detective. Yeah. I think when he's, when he's given the resources, when he's given the right. lines, when he's given the scenes that he needs, I think he's very, very good in them. Exactly. But a lot of it is then just him lurking around in the dark with an axe mm -hmm. or with a shotgun and they're waiting for the next monster to show up. Right. Although I will, I will say that the one interesting characterization, because I, I watch the action scenes too, because it's fascinating how they're built and how they make them. The one choice the, the son, the father-son team makes, he always hesitates before he does any action. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a simple action like putting his hand in his pocket, it's like he stops and thinks about what he's doing. And, and I just thought that was neat because it shows that he doesn't want to fucking be there. We don't know why he's there, but he's reluctant to do every fucking thing. Even though he knows these are eldritch horrors, he stops and, and he almost visibly shakes before he does anything. Right, but that's also where the inconsistencies in his character mm -hmm. come in. Because earlier in the film, he's this brash psychopath who they fought their way in there. And now he's got everybody at gunpoint and he's going to break this dude's fingers on this pole unless mm -hmm. they tell him what they want to know. Yep. Which, why the fuck would he know anything? Right. And in fact, in the film, he says, it's it's the doctor. And they say, well, we already knew that. Break his fucking hands. Like, well, why, are, why am I watching this? Mm -hmm. Why are you telling me that you already told us the information? Like, come on, yeah. guys. Like, and again, it's for no real reason because... No, Either. it's because as soon as that phone call between the sheriff and the doctor happens, that's where the story stops and it's monster time. Yeah, and and again, I, to show the dead either own the fact that he's a fucking rolling psycho, just either run with that or run with the fact that he's absolutely indecisive. Run with one of those ideas. You can't run at me with both because it's stupid. There's no reason for it. No, and that's what, it really irritates me. That's what, that phone call to me is such a pivotal point of this film because up until then I get real into the story. Mm -hmm. Like I was full on into this movie and then it did it, that thing that I don't really like where he talks to the villain on the phone and that's where they find out every piece of exposition. But like I said, right after that is where they go, that's ah, monster time. Mm -hmm. Who gives a shit about this story? And, and they kind of phone it in with, ah, well he killed their child and now he's uh this reanimated corpse who's a... And I didn't like what they did with the portal. No. I thought that was some cheap-ass Ray Bradbury bullshit. Now, I like if Bradbury did it, he does it better. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's well-written. Uh-huh. But the way they did it, it was just like a clunky and sci-fi and That's no real saying. reason. You need to cut this story down because it ending with them on this lost world doesn't... I don't care. The only reason I would care I don't is give a shit. if we had a tiny bit of knowledge about where they were and how they were breathing or anything. No, all we've seen is that uh, Daniel has had a few flashbacks, like yeah. after he pukes, after shooting the nurse. Right. And, and the visuals, I'm like, okay, there's pyramids. What am I supposed to infer from the pyramids? Yeah, and it's like... It, they threw a filter on, you know, the Utah yeah. desert, and it yeah. looks otherworldly. It looks like a, I couldn't tell you a single other thing that happens in the second Thor movie, but it looks like the, like, underworld or whatever from the okay. second Thor movie. There you go. But other than that, like, this is a very unnecessary aspect. You didn't need to add this. It adds nothing to my enjoyment of this film. Do you it, think they were trying to set it up for a Void 2 Honestly, I don't think so. Okay, because that's the only reason I could think of that they were holding hands at the end of the movie in this weird fucking... Uh, Netherworld. Yeah, weird dimensional portal weird place. I'm Standing like, in front of a pyramid. Yeah, for fucking why? 
Uh, because it's the symbol, the symbol that all the culty people were wearing. Right, but why? Yeah, and that's the other thing. I didn't need to know that the uh, drug addict drifter guy had uh, seen all these horrors that mm-hmm. this cult has inflicted upon him and whatever. It added nothing. No, except that he can, again, vaguely describe the horrors that were happening. Again, they left a lot of the heavy lifting to us. Yeah, you didn't, but you didn't need to describe it when you're also showing it to me. Yeah. Because the visuals in this movie, notice we haven't badmouthed the visuals oh, God, no, whatsoever. You can't. you can't. No, they are fucking top of the line. This oh, movie yeah. looks great. It just falls apart with the execution because when the monsters do start coming out in full force, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. Oh, even if you Except knew that everything is being overrun, but is it only in this this area? Yeah. Is the entire world changing after no, this? At this point, from what I could infer from the movie and from what I was watching and from what I know from the you know, all the Lovecraft and all the type of bullshit that I've read, it starts with one portal. Okay, and if that portal's successful, then they open them up like McDonald's and take over the world. Okay, but this one was the initial portal to let out the Eldritch Horrors. So it's not going on around the world. It's happening right here, and that's the only place right now. The cult's going to try to franchise it pretty soon, but at this point, it's it. Because that's what I was wondering: is oh, like is the world different now? Well, yeah, like, because the all these world... cult members, you get your own portal. You get your own portal. You all get your own portal. See, I, I didn't know any of that because I don't know if it's in the film or if this is just your idea. Oh, it's mine. I'd say I, I couldn't what... tell you if this is basis of fact or no. if this is James writing a movie. Uh, no, but there's no other impetus for cult members to be there except they're afraid for their lives. I guess. <laughs> so, obviously, the only thing that they can have is their chance to run their own Eldritch portal. Cool. Yeah. So get like your sub, own. So they're like Mick portals. Yeah. It's the easiest one to open. So that's just what they did. Yeah. So, you know, you think uh, an elder tour taking over the world would, you know, Cthulhu out of the ocean. Nope. Seven hundred and fifty million portals. Come and get your own elder tour in your own belly. Yeah, that's what I had no idea because with the last few shots, with them having just disappeared. It kind of made it seem like, oh, well, they just went through and now everything's closed up and mm-hmm. everything's just going to be the same. And they're figuring you fucked. Yeah. I, uh, like, is it the entire world that's in danger or just them? It Because, like, I think a movie that did this a lot better was, do you remember uh, House of the Devil? Yeah. Where they did, like, the whole sacrifice thing and she somehow survives after shooting herself in the head and she's still got that weird baby inside her. And yeah. it just kind of implied that, oh... The Earth is fucked. I didn't get that vibe from this movie. No. I have no idea what happened at the end of this, James. In my head, the portal closed, they're fucked, and the world's safe. See, and that's what I'm saying is that I can track this movie through, like we said, the first third of it. I know exactly what's happening because they do a very good job of illustrating everything. But at the end, it's the, oh, wait, so there's the six degrees of separation between all these people, like, except for the father and son, but they kind of knew the drug addict, who also knew the doctor. Yeah, but it's all small town the, bullshit. Yeah, but man, it was like they tried tried to wrap everything up in a nice, neat bow well, when they didn't have to. In horror, you can be vague. <laughs> well, the thing I hate about traditionally Cthulhu ideas or any of those stories is the absolute best that you can hope for in any Lovecraft story is that no matter what you do or what happens, the best that you can hope for is that you stop this horror for now because that shit's going to roll up again. So knowing that you're in a, a, a Lovecraftian story, the best that you can hope for in the entire movie is that you stopped it for now. And knowing that halfway through the movie, oh, this is Lovecraft shit. I'm like, oh, because there's not going to be a happy ending. There's, there's, there's not. So I was happy with the ending that in my head that they closed the portal. They're fucked, but the world's safe until some other idiot decides to open a new portal. Yeah. Man, I can't tell you, though, how shocked I was when I found out this was going to be a monster movie. Really? Because it comes in at, what, like 15, 20 minutes in? Yeah. Like, uh, otherwise, we just think it's like this weird cult or that these two are just 
killing this woman. And I and, thought it was going to be more of a possession. Yeah. I really did. Because there's weird elements of possession in this. Like, right. the doctor seems to know th- things that he couldn't possibly have known about the detective or the uh, sheriff. It, yeah, it, but again, I, I think of it as a, like a, a hive mind as a, you know, um, presence of a, an elder god in a small area. So they would, if you had... If you had tapped into it, they have the knowledge of everything. So you can tap into whatever the fuck you want to know. Like I said, man, I, I, have, I have read I keep, way too much of this shit. No, and I, but I keep having the feeling that I keep running into a wall that I, I could t- speak about this with more confidently if I knew what the fuck was happening ever. Because, and I, I think we're starting to retread on things, but they throw so much extra story that they didn't need to. That doctor could have just shut the fuck up yep. and done what he needed to do. We could have not known why any of this, and or I think it would have made it better to me. Even than- one slight sentence of exposition, a hint. A hint, not an outright, this is what's happening, but says something that hint at the horrors to come. Uh-huh. But they don't. They feel the insistence on telling you. Yeah. But by that time, it's monster time. Yeah. And the explanations are not satisfactory to me whatsoever. So I glaze right over them. Well, I know exactly why they did it. They they jangled enough keys that I did not notice until I looked back at it. And they were all the jangly keys to hold on till I saw the cool action parts. Oh, I noticed it immediately. I, because... I didn't because, well, I wasn't Medicaid watching this motherfucker. I just watched it. <laughs> So jangly keys were great for me. But it it lost me so hard that, like, I almost kind of started drifting off. Like, I almost missed some cool monster stuff. Oh, yeah. When I'm presented with a story that just drops off the side of a cliff yeah. into I don't give a shit, I stop paying attention to everything else. So, mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I don't remember how they got into that portal. Oh, I I know that there was the doctor who kind of looked like a psycho gore man. Yes, I liked that. Yeah, he. Uh, I think that was very much an inspiration for the character design. Oh, absolutely. Because he was that same kind of steely blue. Yep. But when he started commanding the baby and whatever coming out of the lady yeah. and it just belching exposition that I didn't care about. I got so goddamn lost that you didn't I was notice just that waiting for this movie to end. You didn't notice old boy just j- tackle him right into it? I mean, now that you say it, I don't see how else they would have done it. And that's yeah. how he got back there and it inferred that he was dead and then we cut to him holding the hands with Allison again. All right, so one of the things that I found very, very distracting, and this is just a little aside, just to get us onto a new topic, because I think we're starting to rehash a lot of things. Did you notice that the, our main character looked a lot like young Dennis, uh, Dennis Hopper? Fuck me, run. <laughs> but not like actual young Dennis Hopper, but like if, if you took Dennis Hopper from Speed mm-hmm. and then digitally de-aged him. Yes, kind of Hopper-esque. Yeah, he was very, very like, that, he doesn't look like young Dennis Hopper, but he looks like younger old Dennis Hopper. Yes. And it's really distracting the shit out of me. Oh, Jesus, now that you mention it. They Irishmaned him. Yeah, and the, uh, I know, what is it, Kenneth Powell, who, yeah, or Kenneth Welsh, sorry, who plays Dr. Powell. Mm-hmm. He's been in a ton of shit, but he's kind of like the, oh, Malcolm McDowell was busy. Yeah, very stentorial. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to act now. <laughs> yeah. And like, he's the, clearly the best actor in the movie. Yeah. Besides like Aaron Poole does a very, very good job, but like he's the most actor actor. Cause man, the father, Mm-mm. he blows a few scenes real bad. Oh yeah. And, uh, the, the nurse is fine, but like the intern, she blows a few scenes. My real God, bad. I, not only that, but it's again, no reason to have her. But I absolutely, I've got to talk about this scene though. The, at the beginning of the movie, the one guy, the, the football player, whoever is in the bed, and um, that scene where he's, she's got the scalpel, or not the scalpel, the, the forceps sticking in his eye socket that she was digging around in. It looks great. Oh, 
And then when and you... It's goddamn s- terrifying. You see her peeling the skin off her face and cutting chunks off and throwing it on the floor. That The way the skin flapped, the way the blood was seeping down... That I I, did, I missed a I missed a little bit of sleep. Now I'm getting real thick skin from watching horror movies, and I'm appreciating the gore. But damn, if that did not fuck with me for a hot minute, mm-hmm. that was just absolutely. I, I forgave the Tip-top. lack of story. I forgave the jangling keys. I forgave the reason I still kind of like this movie is scenes like that, and it wasn't the only scene like that. Again, the 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 um. The horror jamming his face against the pipe all the way through its own head. You could see the head going through the pipe. Uh-huh. And the visuals, because I know And that then they did the uh, natural born killers, like where Robert Downey Jr. gets shot through the hand and they look through it. Yes. They do it through the back of the head. Yes. It's, it's real cool. Yeah, and they it's did... Classic. It's absolutely. a fucking classic. It's fucking classy. But they, they do so many things like that, that I forgive. This movie would have been a shitty movie... If they didn't, but I know that they had um, raised money separately for effects. Oh, there is a lot of executive producers. Yeah. I, I was looking at the credits, like, there's like 15 to 20 different producers. But I, I think it's... Uh, all right. So here's where I kind of wanted to end, is it's good to be home. Mm. Back in this realm of movie, because last week we watched Insidious. Yeah. Watching this big name... Big money, mm-hmm. big special effects. They could have done whatever they wanted. Ugh. Yeah. I, this is why we do this podcast, is to watch these little movies. Because I've seen this movie on every streaming service for years and years and years. Yeah. And it's called The Void. Mm-hmm. I have passed it by every single time. But when you stop and you watch it, some of these... Stop and look at some of these smaller uh, movies that, you know, aren't full of big names, aren't full of, you know, these huge directors. This is where you get the real shit. Because you're not going to see creature effects like this in a huge movie. Mm -hmm. That needs to be like a four quadrant, it needs to make money kind of horror movie. Right. This is people that fucking care. And they gave a shit. And that's why I will forgive all of the I don't know what's happening right. and lean more toward, yeah, I liked The Void. Yeah. And, and I got to take a look at it, too. The entrance to making a movie isn't what it used to be. Mm-mm. For six grand, you can get a decent camera. And if you know anybody who writes, you can film your own shit. Is it going to be a hunk of shit? Probably because you did it with three of your buddies in your garage. Yeah. But the entrance level to it. But... The second level to that is what we're seeing now, where we've got enough talent and enough something, and we love these movies so much that if we can get enough money to make a movie, people are getting second chances from their first chance of just scraping up 30 grand from, you know, selling their car and whatever, and we're getting these beautiful pieces of of film for us to watch. And I love that. I love the fact that we are in a position, we live in a world now where the entrance to making a movie is not, I've got to wait 50 years and get a, a studio deal. You can cut a movie and put it on a streaming service. Mm-hmm. And it gets done, and it's by people that are maybe, you know, three steps above what we're doing, which is talking shit about movies in a, in a thing, you know? Yeah, it's, it's these people who clearly love what they do. And uh, Stephen Kostansky, I mean... We looked at Psycho Goreman, mm-hmm. the visual effects and the, how all the monsters or whatever are put together. They were lovingly done. Oh, yeah. And in this movie, they were lovingly done. Like, I'm going to be keeping an eye out for what this guy's got going on because these are the kind of films that really get me excited. And I also feel like we're standing on the verge of seeing him get some money. And that's, and I don't want to say what worries me is like, I, I want to see these people succeed because like you look at somebody like uh, Adam Wingard who mm-hmm. started off doing, you know, the VHS movies, did The Guest, uh, yeah. a lot of these small movies. He just did Godzilla versus Kong. Right. And, you know, it, we might have lost him as a horror director, but he's doing his fucking thing. Oh, hell yeah. And that's what like, I, I don't want to be so precious about these 
small time directors that like, man, I hope they just keep doing movies that I like. Like, I hope they get some money. I hope they, I hope they do the Elijah Wood and uh, the other fucking guy. I always forget their names thing where they go make this big ass name movie and cool. Now, now we got the money to do. Here's one for you. Here's one for us. Yeah. (laughs) Here's some, here's some shit. Yeah. I like that. I mean, it's just, well, you know, you think about it too. It's like, I used to worry about, you know, bands selling out on me until I hit about 40. I'm like, fucking, these guys got kids. Let them make their money and do their music. Fuck it. Or, you know, the same thing with the the directors now. Hey, let them, let them get some money because we're going to get some, we're going to get their stink on whatever we're watching. Uh They're not going to be able to take them out of it. They're not going to homogenize it so much that your only vision as a director is not going to smell through. It's going to happen. And even if they do, Whatever. Yeah. Cool. At least we got The Void and Psycho Goreman. And like, I, I was thinking about it because, you know, I watch a lot of these uh, smaller time directors and like we've talked about uh, Bruckner. Yeah. Who, you know, fucking did a killer segment in Southbound and then did uh, The Ritual. Right. And The Night House. Oh, and yeah. Is coming, the new Hellraiser he just did is coming out. These small-time directors that are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger opportunities yeah. because they've made quality films. And think about this, too. If if you're a person just thinking about, hey, I might make a film or whatever, or you're really into film, and you see, let's say, Katansky um, goes from these and then makes a big-budget film, whether it's great or not great, Katansky did it, and I know I can write like them, or I know I can do some visuals. I, I've got a chance. It's going to get a bunch more people into what, what we love. Mm-hmm. which is watching these films or being part of these. So I, I love the fact that we're doing this. And I think, I think, I hope a thousand more come out next week. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want them to flood the fucking market so that we have more to watch. Yeah. And I'd rather watch uh, um, a film that I felt was mediocre. Like uh, they live in the grays. Yeah. The we're not a big outlet, but Hey, mm-hmm. here's, you know, some free press for this movie that we kind of like. Yeah. I'd rather do that than, oh, well, here's our review of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a shit. Halloween's been a classic. It's going to remain a classic. Nobody needs to. And what are, what the fuck are we going to say about it? Except <laughs> throw fuck in what somebody else said. You yeah, know? exactly. Be like, man, John Carpenter's really good. Did you yeah. hear that score? Yeah. yeah. It was really good. Heard he fucking did it on a... I mean, uh, that's not to say that we won't talk about some Carpenter, because I still want to do vampires. Oh, I'll fucking do it. Because, man. Yeah. (laughs) What a sack of shit. But yeah. I mean, it was was just nice to return to our, what I feel like is our wheelhouse. Oh, hell yeah. Doing these not so big movies, because. They're not so small, not so big. They're just there. Yeah. They're they're doing their thing. They're people that really wanted to make a good movie, and I think they did it with The Void. Yeah. As much uh, a critique as I have for it in the, yeah, it didn't really push all the buttons that I wanted it mm-hmm. to push. And I think it kind of fell apart story-wise. It was still an enjoyable watch. Yeah, yeah. And I think you should watch The Void. I think so, too. I'm not, again, my biggest complaint is with all the pieces involved, I wanted it to be a 10 times better movie. I wanted to be gushing about this movie. I wanted to make sweet love to this movie, but... It's like meeting a real gorgeous woman with a shitty personality. <laughs> uh, all right, we're not going to go down that road. But but I want to fuck this movie again. Oh God, gore, the gore, James. Oh, mm, chef's Man, kiss. When that fucking monster stepped on that lady's head and just squished it like a grape with those fucking gnarly ass feet. Ugh. That mm. looked otherworldly. I know it was fake, but it just looked cool fake and just oh. Man, I don't watch, alien artificial. I don't watch a lot of monster movies. Because generally they're kind of stupid, in my opinion. And yeah. I guess this is no exception, but man, <laughs> sitting down to watch a good monster movie, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a nice chicken soup. Right, but there's only so many aliens you can make, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to sit down and binge watch <laughs> monster movies. I, I'm not that into them. I, I, I tend to lean more towards the psychological or... Yeah, about once every 10 years I'll throw the thing in. Oh, man. But it's the thing. I know. I'm saying. It's a classic. It's a fucking monster movie. It's a fucking classic. Monster movie. I mean, yeah, the thing's probably the pinnacle of monster movies. Hell yeah. But, uh, all right, we're not here. I think we're about done. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Good night. That that was the worst taper off of all time. Absolutely. James. Yes. Look at me in my eyeballs. Again. What have we got to plug? We've got our email. 
uh, horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. Drops mic. No, I didn't. Um, do not see. drop my mics. We've got the Facebook page. We sure do. Mm-hmm. And? Let's see. we got the Facebook page. Oh, we are on the Grum. <laughs> we are on the Grums. See, come, got on, the come on, come on, come on, come on. Isn't that all of them? we got I the Grum, know. the email, and the Facebook page. Oh, and we do this. And this? Yes, this yeah. this lovely podcast. And if uh, you enjoyed the content, you could uh, you could uh, go give us a uh, give us some stars. Yeah, give us about five. Give, uh, around five. Yeah, five would be best. Yep, and uh, get some eyeballs on it, us. Yes, it, it'll help. Um, we might do something for you. Yeah, I, I mean. Well, you know what happens is if we get enough, we'll five... say we'll say your name. Oh yeah, I, I don't actually look at the reviews, so if you leave us one, good on you. But I'm not gonna check. I got shit going on. <laughs> or you can get on the Facebook page and say you left a review, and we'll talk to you. Yeah, uh, screenshot it and send it to us. Boom. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll, we'll say your name. We'll send you a keychain. Yeah. We we don't have horror vomit keychains. I'll just find a keychain to send you. Yeah, I got keychains. Or like one we'll of my right house horror keys. Vomit. Yeah. Like like a key to the garage. Yeah. Yeah, you can have a real real piece of my home. Oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to tell you where it, the key is going to work. I'm no. not giving you my address. Oh, God, no. Yeah, yeah, you can have part of my... I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> this is really falling apart. Wow. We took a swing, which just didn't go anyplace, oh, did it? Oh, man. Just can face I, down in the dirt. Like when you wrap the bat around in the back and just hit yourself in the head. Yeah. Like right. when you're a kid and you think it's going to be a real good idea to wind up before hitting a nail and you get yourself in the back of the head with the claws. Wow, that's very oddly specific. Yeah, that, that's what all that felt like. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Uh.